You're listening to Remotely One, a podcast that educates, entertains, and inspires you to take your life back from the office commute. I'm Rick, a former beer rep who left the warehouse to become a voice actor and digital creator. And I'm Colleen, a remote work advocate and consultant. We're going to speak with some of the top professionals who have managed to avoid the commute as they share stories from the most inspiring to the most comical, all while working remotely. Man, this sounds awesome. Let's clock in. Hi, I'm Chris Dyer. I'm a keynote speaker and remote work advocate, and I'm here at the ReLead Summit. ReLead. <laughs> ReLead. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's nice to finally meet you in person as well. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, you're much taller than I thought. Yeah. Okay. He was our first guest on the podcast. Very first guest. Yes. Talk about jumping in. Mm. Thank you, sir. (laughs) So we're talking today about remote hybrid meetings. Okay. You've got employees in like four different time zones. I mean, co-work, yeah, just people all over the country, right? Yeah. How do you set a cadence to meet with them on a regular basis? And you've used the term cadence a number of different times. I really like that term. Yeah. So I'm a big proponent of not having regular meetings. Mm -hmm. I think regular meetings, for the most part, are kind of getting our way, right? Now, there are some exceptions. Sure. So they're like a sales team might do a daily Mm stand-up. Maybe if you're working on a project, you do have some regular meetings because it's for that project. But if you're like, hey, we always have a one-on-one every Monday, I hate that. I mm. think that is totally disruptive to the how a real remote work team works, mm. right? Okay. Yeah. Because you end up canceling and you end up waiting and to get your answer until that Monday instead of like changing the environment. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we created all these different meeting types, cockroach meetings and ostrich meetings and tiger team meetings. And it allowed people the ability to call a meeting mm-hmm. and share with them. So if I call a cockroach meeting, people know it's 15 minutes or less. It's one topic only. I'm coming to help you out. Okay. We're not going to be on a long meeting. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be quick. Mm-hmm. And anyone can call it. But a tiger team meeting is a big meeting. Manager is going to call it. We're going to be on for an hour or two hours or all day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And so it changes the tone of what's expected. Sure. But we try to get rid of as many of those standard meetings as mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would a dolphin meeting be? <laughs> I guess we meet underwater. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So we were talking about that. I think that. that's when we just come and chirp at me, right? You just want to come. It's gone off the rails already. <laughs> this is how we do. I love it. I love it. So we've been talking here really. Like, what was the big challenge in and what was the advice you were hoping or some of the knowledge you were hoping to soak in in regards to, you know, meetings? What were some of the things that you're really having a challenge with that you're hoping to kind of learn from? Yeah, and as I kind of said, I didn't feel like I was having a challenge, mm-hmm. but I'm a little, always a little bit worried if I feel like I know the answer already. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I already have this figured out, then that means that I may not be open and willing to learn new things. Mm-hmm. So I came here intentionally challenging myself saying, I think I've got this meeting thing figured out. I think I know how to do all of this. But maybe I should take a step back and assume that I don't and see what I can learn from everybody else. Cause maybe I can get even better at this thing. Okay. Was there anything that you, that you thought or, or, you well, like, or was it a validating thing? 
What do you feel? In some ways, it was certainly validation. I'm mm -hmm. probably confirmation bias. Um, but, you know, I certainly got a bit of like, okay, yeah, I'm on the right track. Um, I wanted to make sure I really understood like four time zones, five time zones, because certainly I'm much more typically living in the three time zone with yeah. most of my people, yeah. Yeah. right? When you go into four and five, it starts to get a little weird. Mm. And I have some people, like I have someone I work with, I talk to once a week is in the Philippines. And basically she gets up at midnight. And talks wow. to me because wow. that's she just wants to do that. I haven't asked her to do that, but that's what she's comfortable with. And I still feel bad every time I talk to her. Like, it's okay, can we go really fast? It's midnight. You want to go back to bed, mm -hmm. you know? And it's not a great, but there, there is for this particular role, the cadence doesn't work. Mm -hmm. There's your word, cadence. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. work um, async all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have got to get on the phone and review stuff together because there's a technical challenge, there's a language challenge, there's a lot of things happening where we do need to get together from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the thing I worry about. Like when you're that many time zones, someone always gets screwed. <laughs> mm. I heard what I've heard is uh, if you're the manager or you're the person calling the meeting, never do it in a comfortable time for you. Always yeah. share the pain. Yeah. So especially if you're the manager, always make it the most painful for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. versus like, you know, yeah. so, you know, I've heard it that the way. next time. Yeah. Do it at midnight. Yeah. You do time. it on midnight. And so you schedule the meeting. Right. Like, I've heard it that way. I've also heard like alternating. Yeah. So that everyone on the Everyone's team, not just the leader, but everyone Everyone's on the team. So they have the yeah, sympathy. But in this particular instance, it's just one other person. And they've been very insistent. Mm -hmm. This is maybe because they have another job. Yeah. The day, that this is what's best for them. And yeah. I've tried like, yeah. I, I would get up at midnight for them. And they're like, no, this is fine. So yeah, yeah, yeah that works. So yeah. how do you navigate um, giving these team members the discretion to make the best decisions for themselves? Is that something that you can easily navigate? There's a certain amount of training and, uh -huh. and communication so that people understand what the norms are. Mm. When they come in and they suddenly realize that I can call a meeting mm -hmm. and I can invite anybody I want to mm -hmm. a cockroach meeting, they can invite me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they can invite the head of technology, head of marketing, anybody they think is the right person. Now, on the flip side, you are not obligated to attend that meeting. Mm -hmm. Anyone can mm -hmm. invite you, but you can say no. Okay. And even if I, as a CEO, invite you, you can say no if you think, I don't have time. I'm not on right now. This is not a topic I feel like I can contribute to. Love that. Right? Love that. So that gives people the freedom to say, geez, I don't know how to fill this form. And if I can't fill this form, I can't do my job. Do I wait until I meet with my boss next Monday at 2 o'clock? Or do I ask five to seven people hey, I'm having this challenge. Can anyone meet with me at one o'clock today? Mm. And people hop on. So I'll help you, five minute favor, help you figure it out or help you get a little bit unstuck and they go away. So great. That is the, probably the most important thing that I have done and I have taught other organizations to do is to create that ability for each person to get unstuck themselves mm. while eliminating what they tend to do, which is to go and Google it for five hours mm. and try to figure it out on their own when mm. someone else in the organization already had the answer in five minutes. That, that, that is, yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is the trouble with remote work mm. is that people will get in these silos and they try to figure yes. it out themselves uh -huh. and they don't know where to look. They don't know what the answer is. They don't know okay. how to get what they need. And somebody else could have saved them in five minutes. So right now, you're a big culture guy and you talk a lot about culture. Mm -hmm. What do you talking about now and congratulations on your recent uh you know exit on your company yeah, congratulations yeah, i know there's a lot of emotions that come with 
exiting doing something that you've done yeah. for so long. So congrats. Um, what is it that you're talking about right now? What's your topic for 2022? I know you're all over the road. So what are you speaking about? Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting. So people in different organizations seem to have different focuses. So I do kind of run around. But if I had to like narrow it down to what are some of the the bigger topics, there certainly has been a lot around the future of work. Of course. And what are we seeing there? Like, but what should we be expecting in the next few years as it relates to what's just happened? Okay. Um, that's pretty big. We're still always talking about culture. And I would say inside of culture, the biggest area that people still are not very good at is positive leadership. And so this is an actual methodology called appreciative inquiry, where your managers can be trained or people can be trained. And it allows them a framework and a wording to think about the world in a different way. So I can give you two examples. The first one would be, if you walk around saying, I'm a good problem solver, it's inherently negative. You're walking around looking for problems so you can solve them. Right. Right? And so I'm not good at that. <laughs> remember? No, yeah. no. Remember you told me the yeah. other day. I, I was like, nah, it's something I'm not good at. And then what did you say? Not yet. Love it. Boom. Right. And love that's it. the positive leadership. Yes. Thing, right? Love it. Love it. And so the that it's kind of a, a real shift. So mm-hmm. what we want to do in positive leadership is always say yes. Yes. And, and yes, but see, we can help us a little bit there because someone might come to us with a really crazy question just to push our boundaries. But I always say yes to any question anybody says to me. Love that. That's a good one. Right. Wow. And I always tell people, don't go tell everyone you're going to start saying yes of to course. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you'll, you'll have people in your life that, especially your kids, will try to manipulate you. Of course, um, of course. But <laughs> if, you, if you take that on personally, you will know. It. And there's, there's the Jim Carrey movie. There's a really famous British movie that happened before that. That like We know what happens when we say yes to everything. Our life changes in a really positive way. Mm-hmm. Right? We have new experiences. We meet new people. These great things happen. And I mean, I came to this because I said yes. Right? I said yes, but I need to figure it all out. Like I got to get the details and all that, and mm-hmm. give myself, a, you know. To, but you know, when you asked me, I said yes. I didn't even like think about it. It was sure, let's do it, let's figure it out. The second part is that we need to talk about what's working first. So when we get together with our team, when we get together with clients, and we talk to anybody, it's we should start with what's working, who's killing it. Where are we doing great? If you have a really angry client who calls you up and they're like, you guys, this is the worst thing ever. And you just, they're out of their minds, man. Mm-hmm. If you say, listen, I really want to help you figure this out. But can, just so I understand, can we talk, figure out what's working right now? What are we doing okay? What are we doing well for you in our relationship with you as our client? Just so I can take that off the table. We can just put it over here so I really understand the issue. And they'll start telling you all the things you're doing good. And you'll notice that there's, they just go down to like, brilliant, down to like level four. They were at 10. Wow, Obi-Wan, are you kidding me? (laughs) You're no longer mad. That's right. (laughs) This is not the fight you want to have. (laughs) (laughs) But they go right down to like, like, you guys do this great, you do this great, you do this great. And then they're like, okay. Now, how do we improve? Not how do I solve your problem? Mm-hmm. So appreciative inquiry says we don't want to get somebody back to where they were the moment right before they were 
angry. Right. There's mental and physical state, you know, emotional state. You right. that. So let's just say the issue is I keep sending the invoice to the wrong person. And they're like, told you guys five times, don't send it to John, send it to accounting and they're pissed off. Right. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, but I could fix that. I could just fix the small thing and get you back to where you were right before you were angry. Or I can say, why is that important? What's happening internally? And then they may say, well, I have this going on. This happens. And and you may go, oh, I have a better solution for you. Or maybe we should change our technology to allow you to be able to change. You, You start finding innovations and new things. When we just try to solve someone's problem very short term, we just sort of get you not mad and get it go away. And I'm going to go back to what I'm doing we lose the chance to get better. And so that's where leaders can really make an impact on organization by thinking about the world that way, right? Not just why are these two employees upset at each other? Why is this client upset? What, what What's happening and how do I make this better for everyone? Not just get rid of this little annoyance right now. Okay. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, I like that. I like that. You say is it appreciation leader? No. Appreciative inquiry. Inquiry. Appreciate inquiry. I love that. Yeah. You hear that? Start off with the write down. You're doing a great job, Rick. You stink, Rick. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> now Rick's hitting you with the most important so, questions. So you know how this works. You, we've been through this before, of course. Can you offer us something that may be a little bit memorable or embarrassing that sticks out in your mind from your career? Something that a lot of people might not know about you. Hmm. Memorable or hmm, from my career? That's an interesting question. Or it could be about you personally. It doesn't have to involve work. Just something that a lot of people might not know about you. Let's yeah. simplify it a little. Yeah. I yeah. overcomplicated it. So. Yeah, you did. You definitely got all jarbly in there. Yeah. I, I mean, where I'm sitting with a celebrity. I got <laughs> I mean, he has gray hair, too. That's the other thing. Someone has gray hair, too. Distinguished gentleman. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think. For a long time, I was under the illusion that to be creative, you have to be artistic. And when I got myself unscrewed from that thought process, Mm. that I can be creative by coming up with amazing solutions Mm. and I can be creative in all these different ways, then I started to feel like a creative person. I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was doing these very creative things in my life, but I didn't call them that. Right, right. right? I was like, well, I'm not a painter. I'm not a sculptor, so I'm not a creative person. Mm-hmm. And I found that a lot of people are stuck in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and so by changing that, I was able to start feeling better and feeling like I could be more creative in a lot of ways. Sure. And what was really surprising was that unlocked actual artistic creativity. I started learning guitar, I was in bands for a long time up to the pandemic. Um, you know, I started doing all these things that I, in that fixed mindset, thought I could never do. Yeah. I'm not a drawer, I'm not a And it then unlocked me to you know what? There are very few people in this world that are just naturally good at something. Most of them work really hard. Absolutely. Most Absolutely. of them practice. Very rare. And you found those those doors open for you once you unlock yes. that mindset. Yeah. Fascinating. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, Mr. Dyer, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Can you please tell our viewers and listeners where can we find you? 
Easiest thing is uh, ChrisDyer.com. You can always follow me on TikTok, ChrisDyer.com as well, or on LinkedIn and wherever wherever you hang out, I'm probably there with content. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. And certainly, it's been a fun couple of days. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. You've been listening to Remotely One. Visit us at remotelyone.com forward slash podcast for upcoming episodes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our episodes on your favorite podcast app. Hey, hey, don't forget to clock out. <laughs> <laughs>